Um, this is officially our first uh, day of summer for, uh, for our youth program. We are kicking things off uh, today, uh, and that also means that this is officially uh, Cole's first day as the official intern with us, and so we're very happy that he's here. Uh, also, this evening, I want to go ahead and remind everyone uh, that we're going to have a family devotional uh, again this evening following uh, our uh, PM service, and that's for youth of all ages and their families. Um, we're going to be heading over to, to Ben and Mandy Painters. Uh, we're going to spend some time there, and of course we'll have food and uh, have a devotional, uh, and we'll also have an activity to kind of get things kicked off for, uh, for our youth. Um, so I want to make sure that you are invited to that, that you know about that, uh, and that you know that we would love to have you there with us uh, this evening. Uh, I do want to also go ahead and say uh, thank you to all those that have been uh, supporting and have uh, contributed to our upcoming campaign uh, in Bristol, Virginia. Uh, we have a little bit more to go. Um, we have uh, a little under $1,000 left for us to raise, uh, but we've come a long way. And again, we want to really thank all of you for uh, all the efforts and all the help that you have been. And want to also encourage you to continue to pray for, for us as we uh, prepare to, to leave on that trip. Uh, and that you will uh, pray for, for us and the efforts that we will be having uh, that upcoming week. My eighth grade year... Of, of school, eighth grade year of school, um, I was a part of this brand new idea that our school had. Uh, I don't know exactly who started it up, but somebody came up with the idea and our school said, yes, let's do it. Um, we actually had our own news broadcast at our school. Um, the, the name of it was called MCS News. Uh, MCS is the name of the school that I went to. Uh, and down in Mobile. And, uh, and so they started this MCS News uh, program, and anybody that wanted to be a part of it, anybody that wanted to, had any kind of interest in, uh, you know, how, how film is done, the editing, or had any kind of interest in broadcast journalism or anything like that, was more than welcome to be a part of, uh, of, of this news program. And so we had this, we started this up, and, uh, and of course, we had all the really, uh, you know, the, the anchors were all, you know, did an awesome job. And uh, they, of course, covered all the really hard-hitting stories at our school, um, like the fact that it was pizza day that day and the fact that homecoming was three weeks away, so get ready because it's going to be great. You know, that was the kind of stories that we shared. Nothing, you know, really uh, important, I guess. Uh, I was a part of, of that. Uh, I joined that as soon as I knew there was something about it. Um, I had an interest in film at the time. And I stayed behind the camera the entire time that I was a part of it. And I was a part of it for, from 8th grade till I graduated. I was a part of that for the, the entire, uh, those whole five years. And I did not leave getting behind that camera. I was given a few opportunities where they said, hey, one of our anchors isn't going to make it. Uh, would you like to do the announcement? You know, would you like to be one of the co-anchors? And I said, N absolutely not. No. Um, I do not want to do that. I do not want to be uh, behind that desk. I don't want to have any part in that. But I will stay right here behind this camera. I will help with the editing. I'll do whatever I need to. But I'm not going to get in front of that camera. 
So I did it. Um, but that was a great program that, that I was a part of, and I really liked uh, getting to do that, regardless of the fact that I stayed behind the camera. I think it's safe to say, and I think that you probably already understand and know this, um, we currently live in a very news-saturated country. I think it's pretty difficult for you to go a whole day without hearing some kind of brand new breaking story about what's going on in this world. Uh, it is on TV 24-7. If it's something really important, they will actually cut whatever program you're watching and will pull it up and say, uh, this is happening right now, so we're going to direct your attention to this. Um, if you get on the internet, it's going to be there. All the news is going to be there. Uh, even now, if you get on social media, now there's even outlets for where they're still trying to, to squeeze the news in between all your friends' stories and information. Uh, it's, it's everywhere. And there's a lot of news. There's always a lot of things happening because it is global and it continues to take place. That's how you know, the world is. And unfortunately, a, a really large amount of this news that you receive isn't really good news. Um, it's, it's not really great to hear. Um, in fact, just this past week, um, maybe you have looked at the news and there's been a lot of things that have gone on. Um, it was reported that 23, and I think it's actually now 28, uh, Coptic Christians were killed in Egypt. Um, there was, of course, if you haven't heard already, there was a, a bombing in Manchester uh, at a concert that took place which killed 22 and injured uh, over 50 more. Um, just uh, this past Friday night, there were two men that were uh, stabbed and killed in Portland, Oregon. Um, even something kind of clo closer to home, uh, in Dothan, Alabama, there was a boy that was shot and killed just days after his graduation. Uh, so many stories, and if you, if you really go and you start looking for these, you will find these stories. You'll find all of these stories of this bad news, of all this stuff that's happening that we don't really like to hear and don't really, you know, it's not great, but, but we hear about it anyways. And, of course, we're alerted of all these things that are happening in the world. And so, of course, if it's big enough of a story, we're going to tell our friends about it. We're going to tell our family about it. We're going to make sure that, that all those around us know what's happening. A lot of times it becomes a, a conversation starter. It becomes something that just keeps us talking with other people. And it all starts with that source. It all starts with that person that's behind the desk of that of that TV station telling us what's going on. It all starts there. You see, I think, and I'm going to go ahead and say this for me, and I, I feel like this applies for you too. Uh, I feel like we all really like to hear good news instead of bad news. I think that's just a general you know, thing that we know. We would prefer to hear some good news. We'd prefer to hear this really good story of something that took place rather than hear of this terrible tragic event that took place instead. And so we like to hear this good news. And good news brings us this hope. It allows us to change this idea of, of humanity and the world as being a hopeless place to being a place where we have hope. Where we're able to say, you know, maybe there is something good that can come from uh, the, the humankind right now. That can come from all these people here on this earth. If you will, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. 
Of course, we're going to the book of Mark. Similar to Mark, of course, is Matthew and Luke and John. And these are known as the Gospels. Now, a very simple thing that I want to make sure that you are aware of. This word, gospel, it is compri- it's composed of these two separate words, uh, good and news. Uh, that's actually, uh, it comes from the, the old English term of gospel. Uh, but good news is the words that come from gospel. And this good news is exactly what these four books are about. That's exactly what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are about. It's about this good news that we have in our lives today that they had many years ago and that we still have and can hold on to today. And of course, we look back at the Old Testament and and though it's still very important to us today, The Old Testament basically is just leading up to these Gospels. It's important for us to look back at this history, but really all this history is just pointing us to the direction of the Gospels, pointing us to the direction of the good news. So here we're in Mark chapter 8, and I want to read this passage with you. Uh, This is a time that that Jesus is with his disciples and he's speaking to them. And and this is where they really learn about what this, this idea of the gospel is going to be. Beginning in verse 27 of Mark chapter 8. And Jesus went with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Christ. And he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. And after three days... Rise again. And he said this plainly. I want to go ahead and skip to verse 34. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life would lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. You see here, these men are learning about what this good news is. And though at the time it doesn't necessarily sound like good news, this idea that that Jesus is going to have to die, they learn what it is. And they hear about the fact that Jesus is going to have to die and be buried and then be resurrected. And Jesus charges them to to go and and do exactly as he's done, to to take this news that they have and to go out into all the world and, and give that to all these people And so that's exactly what happens. What Jesus says here in Mark chapter 8 is exactly what takes place. First of all, we see that Jesus does do exactly as he said. He dies and he's buried. And after three days, he's resurrected. And these men are a witness to that. And so as a result, these men and others, they decide to, to go out and to spread this word. They decide that what they're going to do is they're going to, to sit behind this desk 
and with a camera facing them, and they're going to share to all these people, to all these people that are listening to them, about this news. They're going to make sure that all these people are able to hear the gospel, that are able to hear this good news. And so these men do that. They go and they sit behind this desk and they share with others the good news. They share the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Now, I want to, of course, address this. This good news, when we look at news, when we hear about news, it's, it's, it's usually breaking news. It's usually, this is literally just now happening, especially in the, uh, you know, with all the internet and everything that we have now. We find things out immediately. This news that we're talking about, about 2,000 years old, happened roughly 2,000 years ago. So it's not as new as all of these other stories, all these other things that we hear, all this stuff that, that comes in uh, to our, our news feed or the, that we hear. But this is, without a doubt, the most important news that anyone can hear. The gospel, the good news, is the most important news any person could ever hear in their entire lives. And I want to ask this question. Are people today receiving the most important news? Are we living a life today that, that allows other people to hear what this news is? And that people are daily reminded of this news and that people remember how important it is to keep this in the front of our minds each and every day that we live If you would go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians, uh, go ahead and start off in, in uh, chapter 15, and we'll be making our way throughout 1 Corinthians as we keep going. I want to kind of shift my focus over on Paul. I think that Paul was definitely a man who, uh, for the sake of this illustration, got behind the desk. He was one of these men that decided that he was going to share this good news with every person that he possibly could. And I'm sure you're probably kind of familiar with Paul's story and, and how he was uh, kind of selected in a different way from all of the apostles or anything like that. Uh, but he was, he was given uh, this task to go out in, uh, into the world and tell all these Gentiles about the gospel, about the good news, about who Christ was. And so we see that he has many different uh, people that, that he made sure to address, that he spoke to. One of these specifically was uh, the church in Corinth. Uh, all these people in Corinth. And there's three different things that, that, he's, that he says to, to this group, to this church in Corinth. And I want to focus on each one of these things. The first thing that Paul does is he defines to these people the gospel. He defines to, to the people in Corinth, to the church in Corinth, what the gospel is. And as Zach read for us this morning, we see a definition of this gospel that he made very clear in 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, we're going to read this again, verses 1 through 4. 
Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preach to you, which you received in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried and that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. So here we see that Paul is making sure that they understand exactly what this Gospel is, that they're aware of this good news that they have in their life. The second thing that, that Paul tells these people and allows them to understand, and he shows the necessity of sharing the gospel. How important it is in his personal life that he feels the need to share the gospel and how important it is for them as well. For 1 Corinthians chapter 9, I'm going to read verse 16 and then we're going to skip a couple verses and then start in verse 19. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 16, For if I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting. For necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Beginning in verse 19, For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them and its blessing. Here we see Paul talk about all these different people that he's trying to reach. All these different people who he wants to make sure understand and hear this news. This very, very important information that will change their lives. And we see that he goes to great lengths for the sake of sharing this news to other people. The third thing that, that Paul does is he shows these people that they must sit behind the desk. That they have to eventually be the ones to go out and share this news. That they are, in their lives, also responsible for sharing the gospel. For making sure that the, the news that they have gets out to other people and passes beyond the people that Paul has told. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. There's a little bit to this passage. It's a little bit lengthy, but I want to, I want to go through this in its entirety because I think it's very important here. Verse 18. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to, the, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. 
Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. A stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. We need to pay attention to these next few verses. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were according to the worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of Him you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that, as it is written, let the one who boasts Boast in the Lord. All of these people that Paul was speaking to, he knew that that when he was speaking to them, that they were going to respond and say, "Well, you know, I, there's not a lot to me. Um, there's a lot of other people that have more money. Um, they they have you know a, a, a better name for themselves. They're better speakers. They're better at, at getting out there. They're more outgoing. And they they came up with these excuses. They came up with this, these ideas that that it was the other people. It was the 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 better half in their minds that were going to take care of this. They were going to be the ones to go out and share the gospel and preach Christ crucified. But because they didn't fit that mold, because they weren't, uh, they were lower in their own eyes, they weren't the ones that were going to do that. But here we see Paul say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you think your life is about, about how lowly you think you are. Because regardless of what you do or don't have in your life, or who you are or are not in your life, Christ can still use you. Our God can still use you for everything, anything and everything that He needs you to be. And we see here that there's a difference between hearing and sharing the gospel. No matter your background, who you are or aren't, you are to share this good news. I think that... I think that in our country today and in this world today, I think that there are many who have lost hope in receiving good news. I think that there are a lot of people that, that live today and really they just expect to hear more bad news. A lot of people just live their life and don't really expect a lot of good things to take place. They've lost that hope in other people. They've lost that hope in, in what can come from this world. And they can turn on the TV and it's not going to, to happen there. The good news that they want is not going to take place there. 
They're not going to find this good news in the world at all. But there is good news. And it is the best news. And it might be 2,000 year old news. But again, it is the most important news that we could ever hear and that we could ever share with anyone. Because we are responsible for sharing this news to everyone. Just like these people, these apostles, these disciples, these men that follow Christ, just like they decided to get behind the desk and share this news with anybody who was willing to hear it, we have to do the same thing. There are some people who have never heard the gospel. They've never heard the good news. There are a lot of people that have heard this news, but they've heard the wrong idea of it. They've heard a, a, a twisted idea of what the gospel is. They've been taught that here's the good news, but maybe you don't have to live the way that we're told in this gospel. Many have this wrong idea of what the gospel is. And so we're responsible for telling those people that haven't heard, those people that are hearing the wrong idea of the gospel, and even for reminding each other each and every day of this hope, of this good news that we have in our lives. See, in eighth grade, I chose to stay behind the camera. I had opportunities, I had many opportunities to, to change my mind and to, to go back and to sit behind the desk and for once just be the face, be the one that, that was able to speak these things and then allow all the kids at the school to, to hear what I was saying. Allow them to get their news from me. But I didn't want to be responsible for sharing this news. And I'll be honest, the, the idea of it was scary to me. The idea of, of being the one that the attention was being focused on, the scrutiny was being placed on, it was scary. It made, it made my heart rate increase and I said, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. And we have to make that same choice. We have to decide if we're going to be sitting behind the desk. We have to decide if we're going to be the ones that's going to go out and share this word to other people. It's going to make sure that everybody understands the truth and the full truth of the gospel. Or, we can decide that we're going to stay behind the camera. That even though we have many opportunities to, to share this news, that we have many opportunities to to give the gospel to other people. Though we might be scared and though it might make our heart rate increase, we're not going to stay hidden behind that camera. Though we're going to sit at the desk, we're going to allow those eyes to focus on us and we're going to give them the most important news we could ever give them. And maybe you're thinking right now, I'm, I'm, this is kind of a scary idea to actually be the one to go out and share this news. 
Or maybe you're just thinking, okay, I'll do this, but I don't know where to start. I will suggest to you something that you can do. Every third Thursday, especially this past year, there is a class that takes place. And I know some of you may be, uh, may be working, may be busy, unable to attend. But during this third Thursday class, right now, this is what is being discussed. This idea of how to talk to these people who have this idea of the gospel, but it's not the full truth. How do we talk to those people? How do we do these things? How do we spread the word and bring those people into the church? And I encourage you, if you're looking for a way to start spreading the gospel, to do this, to be a part of this class, to ask questions while you're here, to get that help, to get that advice, to get that information while you are here with these people that want nothing more than to bring those same people that you're looking for to this church, to be able to follow this gospel, to be able to follow this good news that's been set out before us. Maybe you are here this morning and you feel like you've been behind the camera your entire life. You feel like you've been a part of the church, but you've been listening and you haven't been doing. Maybe you're still not sure what this good news is in its entirety and and you know that you need to have a better understanding of this news and that you need to make your life right, that you need to be baptized and that you need to begin living knowing that this news is the best news in your life. I don't know what it is that you need this morning. But I encourage you not to leave here without being confident in this news and knowing that you're going to share it. If there's anything that we can do for you this morning, whether it be for prayers or encouragement, we ask that you come forward now as we stand and as we sing. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me. The cross before me, no turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. No turning back, no turning back. Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you decide now?
to follow Jesus? Will you decide now to follow Jesus? No turning back, no turning back. Let me take just a moment to update our bulletin. Luther Shepherd is in UAB. He's not doing good at all. He is a friend of Eddie Bulls. He worked there at the store. And many of us know Luther, and uh, we need to pray for him. Ed Griffith will be having more eye surgery on Tuesday. Also, Ed Sparks is a friend of Tommy Burgett, and they found a tumor in his kidneys, and he is asking for our prayers. Dana Shipman will have a heart uh, procedure on June the 2nd at Baptist Medical Princeton. And she is the daughter of Clayton and Sally Kimbrell. Mike Currington is in Baptist Medical Princeton, and he will be having heart surgery on Thursday. Also, as you all know, on June 4th, uh, next Sunday, is our gospel meeting starting with Eddie Gilpin. And uh, the order of our worship on that day, we will be having regular uh, Sunday morning worship, and then we'll have lunch. And then at 1 o'clock, at 1 o'clock on next Sunday, we'll be having our afternoon worship. Then Monday through Wednesday, our services will be seven at 7 p.m. with Eddie Gilpin. There's a number of cards out in the bulletin, out in the foyer. Uh, if you will, please look on in the back there and pick up some invite cards and take them with you. Please check the bulletin uh, to see for the men to serve in June and also the ladies to prepare the trays. Tonight, tonight will be our fourth Sunday singing and everyone needs to be prepared for that. We will have one more song and then Dwayne Barentine will lead our closing prayer. Well, a song of delight in the city so bright will be wafted neath heaven's fair door. How the ransom will raise happy songs in his praise when all of God's singers get home. When all of God's singers get home, where never a sorrow will come. There'll be no place like home. When all of God's singers get on, having overcome sin, hallelujah, amen, will be heard in that land or the form. Every heart will be light and his face will be bright when all of God's singers get home. When all of God's singers get home. Where never a sorrow will come There'll be no place like home When all of that singers get home Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today asking all of your blessings on everyone here at our church 
pray, Lord, that you would bless all of those that are in our bulletin, all of those that are sick, afflicted, having surgeries. Pray, Lord, that all of our prayers would be upon them and that we pray for them as they go through these trials. Pray, Lord, that you would bless our church, bless it and help it to strengthen. Pray, Lord, that we come back this evening, that you will watch over us and care for us. Forgive us of our sins. For in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.